Hey everyone, welcome to Behind the Usher Station. We are back at it again. Again. I am Jonathan. I am here with to my left, if it's the same on my screen, Jerome. It is the same on my screen, at least. It so, is yeah. not. I'm in the corner, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I also have Alex here. Yo. Hello. <laughs> um, and today, for our first episode since our like mini hiatus, we wanted to talk about a Netflix series that recently just dropped its second season, highly anticipated second season. And you know, everything at this point is highly anticipated because we're, we're all locked inside. Exactly, and we need things to watch. Most of us have already watched most of the Netflix catalog, so anything that's new is highly appreciated. Um, anyway, the show is The Umbrella Academy. Season two just dropped. First one word reaction from each of you of season two. Alex, you can go first. It's kind of exactly what I ex expected. Not that it wasn't good, but kind of a little bit all right, and Jerome, that was way over one I was about word, to say, that's more than I one word. I was trying to think of a word, but I didn't want to just lay it out as predictable. Because um, it's like, was so good. And predictable tends to be a bad word when associated with like TV shows and movies. My, my word would probably just be I. Like, it, it, that's how I feel. I feel like it was all right. Um, not that I hated it or anything like that. It's just, uh, like I, I, in my, at first I was going to say refreshing. Then I thought about uh, like the boys is come season two is coming out in I think next month September um, yeah. yeah yeah and the boys is easily the most refreshing superhero content right now for me um, coming out because it's just a, a different way to look at the superhero community and so compared to Umbrella Academy well it is weird and quirky uh, much like the comic book uh, it it it's nothing that I'm like I'm like this feels like if a Deadpool movie was about a team of Deadpools, really, it's a bunch of people who tell jokes and do a lot of crazy, zany stuff, they're also superheroes. See, at least I didn't go off on a tangent. That was also way saying. more than one. I, I, I figured since I, Alex I did it, I, I figured since Alex yeah, did it, I had to do it Yeah, but I stayed focused on Umbrella. What about you, Jonathan? <laughs> What's your one word slash sentence? My one word would be, and I hate to say underwhelming so all, all of it's like pretty much on the same platform of like i think it was hyped up so much because the first season was something really good and yeah that speaker fell it's all good i'm all right yeah I was, yeah i was like, I was like did you bang your knee did you i'm good <laughs> i think it was i think the show really depends the reason it's so well liked is definitely the characters and not so much the plot. Like um, Alice and the way she dealt with being in the 60s at that time and being black and at the start of the uh, season being mute too was a really great like establish, establishing of character and how even though she kind of grew up with white siblings, she still has to deal with this racism and dealing with the issues, which currently in this time, uh, with everything going on, was like 
kind of like kind of like a reminder that like yeah we have come farther than where we are but we still need to work more well and also it was a great thing because allison's a character well uh no no, no sorry i'll just that. um allison's a great character to see that from because Allison's a character who's never been powerless. Like her power, she basically can mind control anybody and everybody to get where she, whatever she wants, do whatever she wants. That's how in the first season she became an, a successful actress and all this stuff. So uh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So in the, so in I the totally first, forgot she was like a famous actress in the first. Yeah, season. but it was also that power. I think we saw that um, loss of control or loss of power. When she did do that to her daughter, she rumored her daughter into behaving. Yeah, but she so, still had her powers. Where, like, now in the 60s, she, right. with, with having her throat cut, not only is she powerless because she's a black woman, but also powerless because she literally can't use her powers to get out of a situation. So all she can do is run from, like, you know, a group of white men that want to beat her up or, you know, accept, uh, like, or have to use her wits or her fist to fight justice as opposed to like just saying i heard a rumor and now everything works out and it's perfectly fine and i will say that about uh like the being chased or the the racism and having to deal with all that a lot of the times during like protests and things like that people say you know i don't have much power in doing this but at least i have my voice and allison's character in the first season it was a lot about her voice and she was very much outspoken and you know the rumor was her strength and yeah get, taking that away in the beginning of the season really showed that she had to adjust and be more and show that she's not just this one-dimensional character she actually has strength in like her power she are in her um body and she has strength in her mind you know she's actually much smarter and clever than anticipated mm-hmm. and i will also say that the next best character would definitely be klaus that dude's just so weird but like I believe he's like one of the reasons people tune in a lot is because he's just this weird guy, yeah. but it's so enjoyable. Okay, so I I kind of wrote out all, all my thoughts on the characters. I'll, I'll go. I'll just go oh, through the, the ones really? that we talked about right now. Um, so Allison. Yeah, go so going on um, on Allison, I was probably the most interested in her story this season just because of it was a cool dynamic of, you know, her being in the 60s and the whole civil rights movement and having to deal with that um, and her being a leader. And like you guys said, uh, the multiple ways of using her voice, like both as her superpower and in the movement. Um, so I really like that. And I just, I, I grabbed, I like the actress as well. I, I really like her. I know she was in Hamilton. She was in Hamilton. Uh, yeah, I still haven't watched it. She's one part of the company, so she's not like a main character. But she's she wasn't in the, in the movie. She wasn't in the movie, but she was. Yes. She's in the yeah. movie. She's in the background. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. I know she played a different character when, like, after the main cast like left. Uh, but anyway, uh, and then Klaus. Yeah, he's probably my favorite. Even though I really liked Allison's story, and that was probably my favorite story, Klaus is probably my favorite character he definitely gives for me the best performance of the entire cast both season one and season two although for me this season he kind of his character i don't blame this on the actor i kind of blame it on the the writing but his character felt a little one note like he didn't have a lot of um 
dynamics in a way it was kind of all like fun and jokes and games and oh I'm this cult leader and goofy and I'm drunk or high half the time or most of the time um and I wanted more of those like sentimental moments from well, you get that with Dave and then also with Ben too a little bit um I wanted more I wanted a little more of that it didn't, uh, it didn't. It didn't fulfill my the Klaus that I think could have been fulfilled. I was gonna say before, like we kind of just jumped into the characters, but uh, in case uh, for those who are uh, have been watching, because we haven't gotten into anything too crazy yet as far as spoilerific stuff. Uh, this is this is gonna be a spoiler review. So if you yeah. have you uh, haven't watched Umbrella Academy season two yet or season one for that matter, watch. At least season two <laughs> to watch to understand what we're talking about it all in this review. Um, you know, pause pause this podcast if you're watching the audio or the video. Pause the video, watch it, come back, and uh, hear our thoughts. See if we confer, or if you don't care, thanks for thanks for stopping by and sticking around. I really appreciate that. Um, so I just wanted to give that spoiler warning out there, and also. Uh, Know, give a quick rundown on the season too <laughs> because we kind of just went into the characters uh, but the you know the season's about um this time in the umbrella academy goes back well after uh essentially destroying the world in 2019 uh they're, they resort to going back in time to fix the problem but instead accidentally go too far back and end up in 1960 spread all throughout the 1960s 1960s one two and three um and then, you know, shenanigans ensue. We'll get into later. So there you go. So that for some context. Yes. Um, anyway, I'm curious to hear you. Uh, I'll do my characters later. Uh, but I did write that in my like run of show notes. So you guys go ahead and give your thoughts about the other characters, uh, the other siblings of the Hargreaves siblings. And then I'll, I'll come back later. Alex, what do you think about the character of Luther? Because I have some thoughts. Kind of annoys me. He wants so bad to be like the leader, um, and usually it is seen like with superhero stories or you know being stories or stuff. The one who has the super strength tends to be the leader of the of the group, and just with him, he's trying so hard to do that, and it's just to the point where it's kind of getting annoyed of that. And then they try to have him have these like playful moments, like when he's getting into the back of the car and it like lowers, and he's like, "Nobody make any fat jokes." They try to have nope. these moments, but it's just kind of like, well, you would make them. Don't be such a baby. No, he wouldn't. Luther's a nice guy. He doesn't insult anybody. <laughs> no, he just threw Vanya in like this tiny little cell instead of just talking to her about her powers. At the to be time. fair, that's because he made the wrong call of like exactly. assuming that if he, he locked her so up, hard. he would try to, you know, she would, if he, if he didn't lock her up, she would destroy the world. Right, that's the whole thing, that he tries to be the leader, but all he can really do is just, he's not really meant to be a leader. And I think that's, well, that is a nice um, change, because again, it's always the person with like, the super strength that's the leader. Uh, so not having him as like the official leader. None of them actually have like an official leader, maybe five? In the original, in the comic book by Gerard Way, it normally is number one, uh, Luther. Um, okay. Uh, but Luther, the reason why is because none of them are not really a team. In fact, the book, I think that's the one thing the show kind of carries really well um, or translates very well from the book is that the, uh, 
they're not really a superhero team. I mean, they work together because they have to, but they're not really like, you know, like the Avengers or something like that. They're just people, they're, they're a family. And so when stuff happens, it's like, all right, I guess I got to call my brother up. Hey, the world's going to end. I need your help. Okay, whatever. But um, yeah, maybe the world's going to end constantly. Like at this point, five should have figured out that it's them who's basically perfecting the end of the world. Um, and honestly, I would have just killed off. To be fair, it's not them, it's Vanya, mostly, most of the time. Right, and then they're keeping an emotional attachment. And just to make sure, just kill them all off. Okay, I'll give my thoughts on Luther. Going, going back to Luther, I'll give my thoughts on him real quick. Um, so I, like you, Alex, his character, not necessarily, like, annoyed me, but I, I couldn't really connect with him this season or the first season. I feel like he was, his character was one of the ones that wasn't as necessary to the storyline. Um, I felt that in season one, you know, his main storyline was the weird ancestral thing with Allison. Um, and I love that they addressed that in the show, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. I love that Klaus is like, that's a weird relationship. You gotta admit It that. really is. Like, everybody yeah. was like, it's not, they're not blood, but like, if you grew up together as brother and sister and call the same man father and the same robot mother, like, no. Like, right. And, and it's, it, it's, that's like another carryover from the comic is why that's like in the in the show. I don't know if in the comic they're still, to, I think they, they, no, did they get the comics? I think they do, but I can't remember. I haven't read the comic. I only have like information from like forms and stuff <laughs> uh, from the comic. I thought they were gonna drop it all together and just like reference it, like like tongue in cheek. But then at the end, when he like saves her from mouth to mouth resuscitation, you could tell that was a clear like moment. Well, I like though that they do. It wasn't like uh, a thing where. Like Luther is like, you know what? She's married, but I'm a winner back. It's it's more like a thing where Luther is like, all right, well, she's married. Nothing I can do about that. And this guy's actually really nice. Hmm. <laughs> like and just and just accept it. it. It's still like, weird for me. I I don't think they need to put that in the show. I kind of understand why they did. It seems to be part of Luther's underlining character. Um, but I still like was like, oh no, there's I no. I think the way. I think the way they use it in season two is better than the way they use it. In season one, they kind of played off as like, oh, isn't this a sweet, cute romance? And in season two... Yeah, they had an entire, like, dance number. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Season two plays it as like, no, this is like a... Yeah, it's a thing in the show, but it's more like a joke, really. That's not really what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on other things. But isn't it funny that at one point they were, like, technically romantic with each other? And it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Because I know from from like looking in the in the Twitterverse, I know a lot of the fans didn't care for that storyline that much in season one. Which I understand that because all these people are like didn't have a problem with Jamie and Cersei Lannister in uh, Game of Thrones. Well, Rather, know, lots of people had that problem with that. I had a problem with that. I had a problem with Wait, that too. too. But I just say a lot of people were just like, oh, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean it's whatever? It's not whatever. They're they're like blood, and they're blood brother and sister. It's not even like... They're twins, uh, too. Like the same... Exactly. It's not even like the same relationship. Luther and Allison are not blood-related at all. I think... They just grew up in the same house versus Jamie and Cersei. Well, 
they didn't just grow up in the same house. I think you can call in the same adults, mom and dad. You should not have romantic feelings towards each other. I, That's I what I mean by they grew up in the same house. You know, they grew up like grew up in the same house. Same. One more thing on Luther. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but in season one, I like to do like when I watch TV and movies, I like to do this thing of like, okay, spot the person who isn't actually American, who's using an American accent. And I knew within like the first two episodes that the guy who plays Luther was not American because his accent came through in many, many lines. And this season I was like, okay, don't let me down. Please, please, I hope like your accent coach like saw the footage and like straightened it up a little bit. And he was doing so well for the first like five episodes. And then in like episode six, there was a line where he was like, uh they're gonna be against us and i'm like nobody caught that no no american person says against and then it just and then it just like it it just it it went downhill from there and i just (laughs) could not stop hearing it but overall it was it it was fine it just bothered me my biggest problem with luther is just they made him so much dumber in this season than the first season like in the first season He's not, you know, because he's not supposed to be the smartest in the room, but he seemed competent. Like, if if there was a mystery to be solved, like, Luther, it might take him some time, but he might solve it. Versus in this season, like, especially with Olga Faroga scenario, I was like, okay, I, I expect this from Diego. Diego is simple. I don't expect this from Luther to just be, like, completely on board for a lot of the dumb stuff the two of them get into. Uh, so what, going on that, what if what if it's, what is Diego? What is his point in this story? Okay, hey, let's let's go to Diego because he is tied with Luther <laughs> for me for the most like unnecessary to the story. I was not interested in Diego's story this season. I was not interested in Luther's story. Everybody else I was at least moderately interested in. But him and also that wig. That wig they had him in the entire <laughs> true, yeah, I'll give you that. that Is it a wig? Cool. I wasn't it's, sure if he grew his hair out of wig. No I wig. assumed it was a wig, but I was like, maybe it might be his hair. I don't know. <laughs> it, was split, it was split in the middle, but it didn't, it, you could tell that it was clearly not attached to his head. <laughs> But, but I like that split down the middle. It's not real hair. That's I like not. I like the ratty hair because it, it you know because he's been in a mental institution. Because when I saw the promotional material, I was like, why is his hair so long? And then it's like, okay, he's been in a mental institution. He hasn't he isn't worried about cutting his hair. That makes I will sense. say Diego kind of now looks like Klaus's brother because of <laughs> wild hair. But yeah, yeah, I never I never found Diego's story interesting in the first season and in the second season, and like. I understand his power, but I don't don't think it's as prominent or necessary as all the rest of their powers. He can change the directory of things. Well, he can change the direction of projectiles. So anything he's thrown, or even bullets, rockets, technically, because they don't show, cause I guess because of the budget, he can't do like all yeah. the amazing things his powers can do. He could technically, like, if you launched a nuke in Diego, Diego's direction, he could hypothetically either stop it or point it, like, or turn it a different direction. So he's pretty powerful. They just don't use his powers as cool as they could because they don't have the budget to do, like, a thousand awesome things aside from 
change in the knife's direction real quick. That's true. That might be it that, you know, they're not giving him the more use of his power, but that's honestly what it seems like. And Diego, although kind of cares for his siblings, is always like, I'm a lone wolf. And it's like, then why do you keep coming back? Yeah. I liked Diego's story this season because I felt like it was a commentary on every, like, time travel movies uh big thing because his whole arc this whole even though it got annoying at times because i was like man we got bigger problems to worry about but is is every time people's like you know doing stuff all of a sudden he'd be like yeah but what about jfk though and i'm like <laughs> what about him like l- let that man die okay <laughs> he cheated on his wife okay he needs to be he needs to pay for that in some way shape or form so don't I'm even worry about that i mean i mean all, he's not wrong Marilyn assassinated and everything. But the point is like, yeah, no, no. All views expressed by co-hosts are not indicative of the Besides, he, he had Marilyn Monroe and then he died a happy man, okay? <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, but he had Marilyn Monroe murdered him and his brother. <laughs> that, that is the You know it's true, Jonathan. <laughs> this is not um, a conspiracy episode. <laughs> I but, say what I say. I, I liked Diego's um, adventure because I felt like his uh, storyline spoke to a like all those time travel movies where they're like, "Oh, we're back in time. Why don't we just kill Hitler?" Um, and then, but also uh, that like trope in every superhero thing where there's always like the vigilante or whatever who feels like it's my job though to protect the world. And it's like you have a serious hero complex. Like you got to get over yourself. The world is bigger than just you and all the things you want to do. And more importantly than that, trying to live up to some standard that your father has that you'll never match because his standards yeah. are too high. So I liked his, uh, like, I think if they hadn't met their father in this time period, that storyline would have fell a lot more flat for me but because they address his relationship to his dad carrying over from season one into this season. And then they have another heart to heart where his dad's younger and he still kind of is the same person. And so it challenges Diego kind of change his attitude and, and change as a character from this person who feels like he always has to be the big hero all the time to a person who cares more about just being a part of his family and doing the best he can with them. I like that change in that character. Um, because that's all he was in season one was the vigilante guy. That was, and that's why... Rephrase as the wannabe vigilante guy. He wasn't really a vigilante Right, guy. yeah. He so was, it's like... Yeah. So I, I feel like in season two, they kind of finally have a Diego. We, at the end of it, we have a Diego who's now over that. Who's like accepted himself and accepted his family for who they are. And, as, and isn't about just being some big hero, but rather is about being part of the family and being part of the Umbrella Academy. I thought I had daddy issues. These characters take it to a whole new level. I mean, you would too. Argus I have daddy issues. I'm not trying to destroy the world or save JFK. That's because you don't have superpowers. I can. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to Ben. I can do a hell of an uppercut. <laughs> um, for Ben, for me, um, I don't really have too much to say about him because he wasn't that relevant until like the very very end, like and I'm talking the last few seconds of the of the season well the last he, few episodes because he helped Vanya too and stuff like that so he's like so right. the last few episodes is when Ben really kind of does anything of any importance 
Right. And we'll get to the end and like what the future is going to hold, because obviously he's going to hold a significance in the future season um, or at least next, next season. But um, I really liked the scene in the episode where, you know, he he like possessed Klaus allowed him to possess him and he got to like interact um, with his love. Um, which that didn't really go anywhere. They kind of just like said their goodbyes. But that was kind of like my highlight for his his entire arc. I wasn't really, I didn't really get the the part where he like sacrificed himself for Vanya. Um, I didn't really like see that coming. I would have liked some like, like lead up to that rather than it just happening. Um, it just seemed for me, it seems like, okay, we need Ben to do something because we haven't had him really do anything for the last eight episodes. So they had him do that. Um, what are your guys' opinion on, on the character of Ben? Well, I think they, was, they wasted Ben. He could have been... Mm-hmm. He was, in the season one, he was kind of... I don't think people realize how much of a support system he was for Klaus that even through all the drinking and getting high, that's what Klaus used to avoid seeing, like, uh, spirits. Uh, Ben was still always always there, so he was much more powerful, even on a spiritual level, than I think people realize. And then another thing was that, like, you, they found out, oh, Ben is actually with Klaus near the end, but the siblings really didn't think about it when they all got back together too much they kind of forgot about him again. And that's like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be about unity and family. Well, screw the other brother. To be fair, that's Klaus's fault. Cause Klaus told them when they asked like, is Ben here? He's like, oh no, ghosts don't time travel. So, you know, whatever. And so they just let it go. Cause they're like, well, he's a ghost. I mean, even if he was here, we can't talk to him. Like, Well, that's the, that's the whole problem. They keep letting things go. Instead of well, just talking the only one who could talk to ghosts. So if he says he's not here, he's not here. What are we gonna do? Just like make him to make him appear? Because Klaus has never told a lie to them about Ben before. I mean, you know, is what it is. You gotta gotta accept. <laughs> you gotta accept. Yeah, like you, you know, I, you know, take your brother's word for it. All right, Absolutely he's not on ghosts. You guys have siblings. I would not take my sister's word on it. I would take one look at her and I'm like, you're you're not telling me the truth. Some things there, but we're gonna walk <laughs> my away. My sister's from a now, different person. Back. So my sister, if she tells me that you know something like that, I would believe her. <laughs> but my sister's not Klaus. So. I wouldn't be my sister. She doesn't want to admit the supernatural when spooky stuff happens. She'll deny it really quick. So that <laughs> on that frame, I would not believe her. If she said she didn't see the ghost. I'm like, no, you saw it. You're just trying to ignore it. Regardless, I just feel like, you know, it was legit only because when Diego and does realize that Ben's possessed Klaus, he's excited to see him. He's like, oh my God, yes, Ben. <laughs> then they should have been mad at Klaus that like, hey, so he was around. Well, Leia doesn't assume, like Ben doesn't say I was around the whole time. He just says, I'm here now. So for as far as they know, he might have just got here. Right. I feel like they just don't give enough thought to Ben, who saved them before when he possessed Klaus in the season finale two of season one. So, like, Ben has saved them now twice. Actually, the other one doing any saving is Ben. It's not true. I would say five does a lot, like, five does a lot of saving. It's just his siblings are incompetent. They're all about, like, because every time he's like, the world's gonna end. Yeah, but my husband, though, 
what part of the world's going to end? Do you not understand? Like, it doesn't matter if you're married or what have you, they're going to die anyway. Like, he does help a lot me of, save the world. He does a lot of, he, since he, and let's let's just move on to five while we're at it. Um, my, you, yeah, got, you said that uh, Klaus, your favorite character, five is my favorite character. Mm. I, love I can see that. I can like I can that that's understandable. If you would have said Luther's your favorite character, I would have looked at you sideways. But, <laughs> no, five, five is my favorite character because I relate. I understand his plight uh, completely. Where it's just like I, I like of you know having a mind where you want to like get a thousand things done, and all the people around you aren't quite there yet. So it's just like it's like look, we need to fax these papers. Yeah, but I need to type up this thing first, and then I got to do this. That's not important right now. Help me do this thing first, and then you can do that. I was just going to say, um, he does a lot of talking, like he has a lot of ideas that he shares with the rest of the group. He's like, no, we need to do this, and then this will happen, and we'll get back home. We don't necessarily get to see those plans because someone ends up ruining them, so we don't necessarily get to see all those plans come to fruition. So for all we know, his original plan could have gotten them all killed. His original plan couldn't could have like i don't know brought them to prehistoric times and <laughs> they would have never be seen again um so he he throws a lot of things at the wall and some of them tend to stick so I mean, just, okay. you know he came with the idea to talk with their father and what you know even though they all got awkward about it about confronting him his dad did give him some great advice that did end up saving their lives in the end uh, you know, even though he didn't make the time limit, and like the time limit thing was screwed them over, if all of them had been there at the 90 minutes for that briefcase, they, were, right. they could, because Vanya wouldn't have been in the FBI building, so it wouldn't have blown up, so the timeline would have been fixed. So it's like, there's a lot of things that like, whenever Five gets something going, he gets shot down because something else happens that ruins his plan. And he's like, all right, well, fine, I guess I got to fix it. Um and it's cool that he's also the oldest, technically, because he's like he's like a fifty-year-old or sixty-year-old man in a in a fifteen-year-old's body. Uh, and Aiden Gallagher does an amazing job playing five. I don't think anybody else can do that role the way he does it so well. Um, in fact, he does uh, his attitude um, playing five has a lot of people wanting him to play uh, Damian Wayne, Batman's son, if they ever do like a Batman and Robin movie. Because mm. Damian Wayne is a lot like that too in the comics, where he's this uh, kid who is very mature for his age. So, like when like when he's uh, working with Batman, uh, Batman and him often clash heads because his son's like, "Look, I'm basically a self-functioning adult in a kid's body. I don't need you or anybody else for that matter to fight crime." But I could see it. I think that'd be cool. I think Five just annoys me a little bit because he is a lot more talk. And for a planner, he doesn't take into accountability the way his siblings are. Because, like, I'm very much like that. I know how people are. And I don't want to make it... The way I make it sound sounds like manipulation, but it kind of is. You find oh, the way that people are. Like with my sister, she has severe ADD. Uh, I learned simple tricks to make sure I can hold her attention during a conversation. I hold stuff. I'll hand things to her. She gets confused, but she's focused to why there's something now in her hand. And the fact that he has not learned how to figure out his siblings in a way that can make them work together, he just wants his plan to go. But then he 
need to remember, oh yeah, my siblings are this way. You know, Allison really cares about her husband. Well then let's include the husband then. Or, you know, the way Vanya is, she's still very sensitive and very delicate because of the way she was treated her whole life. Well, maybe I should be a little more sensitive towards that. You know, or, you know, Luther needs his ego stroke or whatever. That's the whole thing. He just constantly is rattling off plans. And like you say, they change all the time. Yes, they're just, but it's that he hasn't learned his siblings, even spending a certain amount of time with them and trying to figure out like, okay, I have to get them to act this way. What are the breadcrumbs I can leave so they'll follow? And I know that sounds like manipulation, but it, it kind of is. You kind of have to trick um, them a little bit because you know who you're dealing with. Yeah, because it's all—it's kind of like they all have ADD. They're so focused on something else, even though they're—you're right. The world is ending. Mm -hmm. uh, the world's ending. JFK is going to die anyway when the world ends. So <laughs> it's a really important statement right then and there. I think it's—I think it's because uh, at least based on because uh, this season five is a little more apologetic at times. Like uh, when Vanya's like, "I'm going to go back to the, like when Vanya and him have that spat." where they're about to like use their powers on each other and stuff like he lets it go and he's like whatever like you know or, or uh, even there's even times when he explains to her uh what happened when she doesn't have her memories he leaves out her ending the world and i'm not like i still i maybe need to rewatch it to figure it out because i'm still not sure if that was a thing of compassion of being like hey i don't want you to like i want to dump all everything on you just yet that you blew up the world um, but you know, or, or maybe, or if it's a thing of like, I'm compassionately, like, I don't want you to think you're a monster, um, after telling you that you have powers really or if it's just him just a omitting it. Cause he's like, it's not important. Um, I think it's more out of fear because basically Vanya's power become great when she was upset or, you know, she's emotionally unstable telling somebody they almost ended the world. She's going to feel guilty. She's going to feel upset. So I think he did it more as a precaution, which he learned his sister and how she is. Uh, I think he did it more out of uh, caution and fear than he really did compassion. Because I don't see Five having too much, like he cares about his siblings in a certain way that he doesn't want the world to end with them. But at the same time, he doesn't like care that much to spare their feelings so much. He's still very, not insulting to them, but like he's very blunt. He's yeah, blunt he's very blunt. blunt. So I don't think he he did that out of compassion. He definitely did that out of like caution to make sure like okay, let's keep her leveled enough that she, you know she's not gonna have a freak out and blow up the world again. Mm, yeah. Speaking of Vanya, I actually wrote uh, this down because I wrote this as Vanya and representation because Vanya. As, uh, is the other, like we have Allison to represent for the civil rights and black and the black audience. Vanya represents for the LGBTQ audience and also is a great, has a great storyline. So what'd you guys think? Well, Klaus is also kind of that as well. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know what? That is true. Klaus is too. Um, what'd you guys think about Vanya? For me, um, I wrote down that um, I think the most, Okay, where do I where do I start? Um, I think <laughs> Ellen Page brought a great amount of sympathy for the character. I was the most sympathetic for Vanya as a character because, especially, I loved the element of her having amnesia 
in that, like, basically she has to, to be told and find out, rediscover her powers, um, like in the first season. And um, I thought that Ellen Page did a, a, an amazing job. Um, I'd probably like give her, like, she's she's on par with, um, with Klaus for the best performance of the series for me. Um, as for her storyline, um, I was, I was pretty interested in her storyline um, because it fit with the rest of the story. I, it fit well for me with the rest of the story, as opposed to some of the other stories, which were just like random and out of left field. Um, so yeah. And she also brought that sympathy. So that helped for me. What about you? Oh, um, for me, uh, honestly, I think that um, while I don't hate Vanya's story, I felt like, like for me, I felt like that was the one that was the most out of left field only because of the fact of like, it's a completely different person like uh, from season one. In season one, we have a Vanya who's, uh, because of all of her childhood trauma, she's very closed off. She's very introverted um, and very shy. And so, which I mean, leads to the conflict of the first season where she meets that guy who, who essentially manipulates that and turns her into uh, her, by the way, her code name in the comics is the white violin, which is why she has the white suit and everything at the end of the first season. Um, and so he, he essentially turns her into the white violin uh, as you know, her in the comics. But um, this season she loses all of her memories and so she's like this completely different person who's like happy and uh, you know helpful and stuff, which is fine in some ways. Uh, one of the things I saw on Twitter that was really interesting was one person who's like who said their thing with Vanya this season was that it felt like first season Ellen Page was playing Vanya, and this season Ellen Page is just playing Ellen Page. I didn't uh, see that. Of this nice person who's this uh, gay woman who loves uh, to. Ha- good things for people she takes care of uh this kid quirky yeah quirky who's on this she takes care of this kid who's on the autistic spectrum possibly um or something like that so it's like uh but you know and also i think it just has her storyline is one of those things where it won't i feel like it won't have it won't bear fruit until the next season because uh even this season she has that random thing where she puts power randomly in harlan we don't get that explained. Uh, Harlan's, you know, the son of the, the farmer girl. We don't get, that isn't explained how she did that or if that is a power that she even has. Like, can she just transfer power to anybody or is it like a special thing? Um, because now at the end of the season, this kid now has powers thanks to being connected to Vanya. We don't know the extent of what they are just yet. Cause I guess that's, you know, gonna be the next thing in season three. But still, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I feel like this whole side plot with Vanya was just to set that up, to set up possibly a new villain or a new ally for season three. But that's it, because I don't think we're going to see Sissy again. I don't think any of the things that happened with Sissy are going to bear too much weight on Vanya, um, as much as the stuff she got into with her family this season. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, That being said, though... I still thought, you know, it was nice to see a, a happy Vanya for once, um, to see a Vanya who's not afraid to use her powers. 
Uh, even though she still doesn't fully know how to control them, she's not a, like when they're at the dinner table with uh, um, yeah. her, dad, her dad, and she's like, "No, I got this!" Bam! It just explodes the whole table. <laughs> um, I thought that was uh, that was a cute scene. Um, also, when she's hanging out with Klaus and Allison, and they're day drinking at the salon. That was also a cute scene. I love that. Um, so overall, I liked Ellen Page. Ellen Page's Banya, and I liked Banya's stuff. I just feel like her storyline might not be as like important um, as the others this season, as much as it'll just be important for next season. How about you, Alex? I think they kind of screwed her over a little bit um, by taking away her memories, like all the trauma, you know, she was like kind of emotionally abused growing up. She was lied to. Uh, she was forced to kind of hide who she was and like they made her repress so badly and then just taking it all away and now suddenly she's a happy person. Uh, as somebody who's gone through a lot of trauma in her life, even if you don't remember some stuff, it, it's underlining, it's there. And I think they took away that personal growth from Yanya that could have been so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have been a great way to show how, just like in the season one finale, her powers are really tied to her emotions. And almost kind of like what I'm thinking is kind of like the Hulk, where they tell her to, you know, get angry on purpose, allow her to express that and feel that anger that she has towards her family, towards her father, and let it be able to burst out in a more useful way. Instead, it's just all like taken away from her. And then, oh, yeah, at the end, it's given back to her. And now she has to remember all this horribleness with this new happy life that she had, you know, those slipping together and it's like well now she's got conflicting thoughts and memories and I think hopefully in the next season they will give her a more more character development more plot more change because in this one you're right it kind of was like Ellen Page playing Ellen Page they kind of took away Banya and what made her her which was her isolation which was her you know low confidence and things like that and just gave her this like okay, you're a brand new person, and her whole family, once again, lied to her about everything, you know, they were ignoring everything, and just lying to her parents, like, oh, yeah, no, you're you're fine, you're good, like, no, like, you killed Allison, we need to address that, and, like, you're almost under the world, we need to address that. Well, to be fair, this time, the ending of the world wasn't all on her because like the first time she blew up the moon the second time uh like you know in this season it's the fbi if they just left her alone she wouldn't have like used her powers reactively and then blown up a building which made them think it was the soviets and now we got and now there's a nuclear war right Um, and i'm not i'm not saying like the second season well the second season they're also in the 60s i mean they could have let off a firecracker and it would have been the soviets True. They were America was in high tension back. Well, America's always in high tension. Um, you're, I'm not wrong, but like it was just that she probably could have had more control. Like again, like the Hulk when they showed in like the Avengers two. Mm. No, the first Avengers where he's able to control the Hulk because he kind of has this anger level to him that's there all the time. But he acknowledges his anger. He works with it instead of just like brushing it aside or suppressing it. And I think they took that away from Vanya. They took that away from her working with her anger or her um, misery and just giving her this sappy new, you know, 
uh, storyline that I think they hope appeased people. Like, oh yeah, she was really sad, but look, now she gets to be happy. Like, no, and as somebody who's, who's had to work through a lot of trauma, kind of see that as like, oh, so it's, can I just get a happy new storyline? <laughs> Question for you guys. Now that we've gone through like all of the main characters, obviously we won't go through every single character in the show. Otherwise, we'd There's be too many podcast for days. Um, but what do you think, in your opinion, what's something that maybe they should have taken from season one? Maybe um, a, a storyline, a character, an idea, a setting, something that they should have taken in season one that would have made season two better. I I honestly don't think there is anything just because they, they trimmed a lot of the, I think one of the weaknesses of season one was the fat of the commission um, being such a, you know, with Hazel and Cha-Cha. Uh, this season, they kind of make the commission like, while they're there, they're not the focus. Like they're kind of just an antagonist to add to the, the just series of problems that are happening. Um, that being said, I think I, I don't know if I would have included Lila. Uh, I, I believe Lila is a completely original character from the show. She's not from the book, as far as I know, um, including, you know, be, having her powers. Uh, that being said, though, I think in the book, they're addressing, like, other kids born on the same day as the, the Hargreaves children. So Yeah, would, they allude that they're re- all, like, related. Yeah. That he's one of the twins. So, because uh, like, uh, which I think was also funny that the ending is uh, they were like, "This is the Sparrow Academy," because that's the next. Uh, that book hasn't come out yet um, of the Umbrella Academy, but that's the next arc from Gerard Way is the Sparrow Academy. So I think that's really interesting. I wonder if those two are going to come out at the same time. Um, Wait, isn't it? Yeah. So like, I kind of forgot when watching this second season, they all like the women all just suddenly got pregnant. Like there was like sixty-three of them, right? Mm-hmm. Something of that nature. So doesn't that mean they have all the same? I don't want to say father, but like we probably creator. So that don't, means that Luther and Allison are kind of related. Well, we don't know because they come from the same. But you gotta, you gotta think same, if that's entity, entity. Yeah, entity. There's some former entity that just knocked up sixty-three women. All different mothers, yes, but you have to admit that means they're kind of genetically related if this occurred at the same time. I would well, say, you I would you say assume yes. that it's genetics. We're in a world where like there's time travel and aliens and all types of other stuff. For all we know, it might not even genetically, they might be completely different. It's like something else. There, just are, over happens seven, to, there are over 7 billion people on this earth. Do we really need to get into semantics when it comes to okay? Yes, I if do. you can find somebody here, else, here's the thing. Here's the <laughs> no, thing. I mean, no, I'm saying, I'm saying to Jerome's point, like, do we need to? Do we need to? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm just saying this. There's this is a world that doesn't make sense. So trying to make it make sense is seems futile because for all you know, next season they'll be like, actually, no, actually, these these women, all the genetics are completely their own, and it just happens to be alien goo that was spilled on them, and it doesn't even apply to their genetics. It just it's still, happens a, to it's still a blurred. I don't know. I'm just saying it's still a weird connection. No, because like <laughs> speaking of like, let's say just general cloning. Cloning tends to involve women because it's the XX chromosome. It's actually harder for them to create the Y chromosome. 
And so for them to have a factor of the Y chromosome, they most likely need a paternal genetic material. Since there's no paternal genetic material really within women because of the XX chromosome, it's very likely, unlikely. So that means there has to be an entity of, of a Y chromosome or something that's created. So they're weirdly connected by entity or some being or alien species, which means in a weird way, they are related biologically. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Their moms got pregnant in that weird same way. Yeah, I think they, sh they should have brought that from season one because they did add new characters and stuff. Um, like more going more into depth of like how they all came to be basically. Or asking their dad, hey, can you write down like the name of the other women you met? Or like write down the name of our moms? Because it'd be nice just to be like, hey, I know you. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of like what, kind of like what, um, so I didn't watch all of Stranger Things season, mm -hmm. what are they on now? Season, they're about to be on season four, right? Season four is the next season, yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't watch all of Stranger Things season three. But I know it from the one episode or two that I did watch, they kind of went into the other, like, 11. They kind of went into the other, like, 11s, basically. And season so, two, they bring up the, you, they find, like, one other girl. Mm. And then everybody hated that episode. And so season three, they don't even address it. Like, we never even see those oh, kids, that girl ever again. Yeah, because everybody was like, well, to be fair, I think the, the only thing that went against that episode was because it, like, the episode just before it was, like, the ramp up. Like, it was about to get to the climax of the season finale. And then they were like, all right, cool, that's cool and all. But real quick, though, let's go over here and talk about these kids real quick. Aren't these cool characters? And everyone's like, I don't care about any of this. Well, maybe, what about alien maybe, dogs? Maybe that's why they didn't go. Maybe the Umbrella Academy saw that and was like, yeah, we're not going to go down the road of who are the other, even though they kind of did. Yeah, in, um, but I think it would have been like a nice moment if the dad did have that like information or something and he offered it to them and they were kind of like, no, we just need each other. Mm -hmm. Knowing what, no, like, yeah, yeah, but knowing knowing what their dad is like, do you think he'd even give them that information? Like if they asked him, he'd probably be like, what do you need that information for? You don't need anything. Yeah, no. You need to be doing this training. Go out there and go <laughs> and go save the world. You don't need to know where your mothers came from. They all sold you away anyway. That's true. They they they, they did like straight up sell. They did. They're child. That's child trafficking, by the way. For me, um, kind of like what Jerome said. Although, um, I kind of wanted more of. Um, I would have liked it if. You know, Mary J. Blige, you know, made like an appearance in like an episode. <laughs> I think it's just because I like Mary J. Blige. But <laughs> I didn't think she was all, I mean, I liked having her in the show, but I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Mary J. This ain't really the role for you. I, I feel like you've been better in other stuff. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give him that, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I would have liked her to make a guest appearance, maybe like a flashback or something. But um, Plus, I, they hired Mary J. Blige. She didn't sing one song, not one. <laughs> She's an actress in this. She's more <laughs> dynamic than me. Listen, that. name one movie Beyonce is in where she don't sing a little bit. Mary J. Blige is not Beyonce. Maybe not, but they they on the same page. Did J-Lo sing in Hustlers? She didn't no. have to. That body was doing all the singing for her. <laughs> Off track, guys. Anyway, um, I would have... I, I didn't really care for the... Um, 
the handler story. I would have liked if she would have also been left in season one. And uh, is it Lila or Lila? Lila. Lila. Um, Lila, I didn't really connect with her character as well. It was kind of a thing for me of like, okay, what is their motive? It was unclear to me, like the whole series. So that kind of made it hard for me to watch. Um, it, it felt... Um, I couldn't see exactly where they fit in the entire puzzle of the Umbrella Academy other than to just like deter the mission of the Umbrella Academy kids. Um, so yeah, I would have liked if they, when I saw that she got like revived at, and she got the bullet taken out of her head, I was like, oh, I, I wish we would have had like another <laughs> villain this season. So yeah. I didn't really care for old five. I can see that. Yeah, old five wasn't as good. And I feel like the way Aiden Gallagher plays five, old five, I was like, there's no way you're the same person. You don't have the same attitude that he has playing five. And I wonder if that's just not that that's just because the actors didn't talk like too much about like uh, their character, kind of like the same way how the uh, it chapter two. Um, oh, all, yeah. All the adult actors talk to their kid actors. Be like, okay, this is how you play that character. Okay, I'm gonna take some elements from this. Except for the old Ben, how he like changed. Except the old Ben. Old Ben is just a completely different person. <laughs> Leave Ben alone. I like Ben. Um, but yeah, you're right. He lacked the mannerisms of like five and the way he behaved. Because five acts compared to like his siblings, very proper, very like sh straight back and all that stuff. And old five kind of had that less feel of like. I guess I want to say entitlement to him. Mm -hmm. Another thing about like old five I found is that like I feel like they kind of made him too old. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. during his time jumps, uh, five had kept regenerating younger, or back to his age when he originally jumped. Then suddenly now he's just kind of like this old man. Does that mean when he jumped he re regenerated back to being an old man from when he like first jumped? Or is this the age he's supposed to be? Um, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, his age. So when he came back the first time, when he jumped to the apocalypse, he grew old there. But when he finally was able to jump back, he had to kind of give up his age. And that's why he became young again. That's why he uh, became no, he became young because he messed up. Like the right. calculations to get him back to uh, 2019, like in his time, was uh, wrong. And so that so it's an accident that he's young. He was meant to get back the same age and just be old. But he wasn't just like an old man who's supposed to come back. Yeah, well, because in the '60s he's part of the commission at that point, and he'd been part of the commission since he was in the back in the apocalypse. Like he grew old in the apocalypse, and right. then like in his old age, they found him, and they were like, "Hey, want to be part of the commission and be a time traveler?" And he's like, "Sure." And meanwhile, while he was doing that, he was trying to figure out how to teleport back in time. But he didn't count on doing the math wrong and becoming like back to, reverting back to his younger self when he did jump back. Right. But he was always supposed to be like that age, like the old in the 60s by the time, uh, like in the timeline anyway, he's always. Right, but what I'm saying is like when he jumps back, is he back in the 60s because he grew old again? which means he lived out his life, or did he finally get his original, or his supposed to be original age again? Um, when he jumped, because he does tend to miscalculate a lot, I feel like. 
when he has his <laughs> travels. Um, it's that whole, are you supposed to be this age? Did the time travel make you this age? Did you decide you want to be this age? And I think it would have been nice to see him like an old five, almost on the same age range as the siblings to kind of level the playing field. To be like, okay, you, you're trying to like make it seem like I'm a little child. Well, now I'm actually your age. And so kind of level the playing field. Making him kind of older is kind of like, well, you're kind of an old man. We don't, we don't really want to listen to you either. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's just, A, that's another thing. It's like it, when you're dealing with a show that's a, like, based off a comic book, there's so many things where it's like you're not going to, like uh and plus people love five so that's probably also why they didn't change it but i imagine it's, all, it's also a thing like in fact i think in the comics he's still a kid right now they have three volumes of the umbrella academy and he's still a, a child um reporting around i think in the next season that i think in the next season they might do that just to see who he is what he looks like and how he acts around his siblings at like because they're supposed to be what 30 they're like in their 30s, yeah. Yeah, how they act, how he acts at 30. And like, I think they're going to do it's gonna that. He's going to be the same. He's going to be a 60-year-old man in a 30-year-old's body. Yeah, but when he was 60, he didn't really act 60. He still, that's I think that's a like I think that's a fault of the actor, though, not so much the, the writing. Because I think the actor just doesn't have the attitude and the like, like you said, like the attitude of entitlement yeah. and just like age and wisdom. That yeah, I think what happened hats. was the actor tried to mimic more the younger version of him instead of being like what he would really be like in his 60s. He tried to act younger in his older age. He tried to act like the actor. Yeah, right. instead of just trying to take the notes and being like, oh, this is how five would act in mm -hmm. a 60-year-old man. Yeah. He already has that mentality and those mannerisms, you know, when he's constantly, like one of the things He's constantly always putting his hand in his pocket and moving his jacket in a way that older gentlemen would usually do, especially when having a pocket watch and things like that. So there's those slight mannerisms, yeah, that the 60s, uh, 60s version of Five was missing lately. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, one last thing. I just wanted to ask what you guys thought about Reginald Hargreaves, the father. Um, because we find out a few things about him this season. Uh, one big thing near the end when he's uh, when he confronts the majestic twelve, and he we don't see what he does to them, but we know he takes off his face. Majestic twelve—that's an interesting name in general. Yeah, I thought that came out of left field. I I could give you the answer, but I don't know if you want it. Maybe don't spoil it for. Yeah, me. I won't. I won't give you. Yeah, I won't give you that answer. That's a thing from the comics that I know, but I'm like when I saw it, I was like. Oh, they're doing that. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. That's neat. I wonder if that's going to come into play in season three. Um, but yeah. I was curious to see what you guys thought, though, of him in general, though, uh, overall the season, because we see him fight Diego. Uh, and also, like, we get a little bit of him talking to, like, pre-robo mom, like, before she's a robot, when she's actually, like, a person who's, like, a humanitarian or something like that, or works with chimps to send them off into space. What did you guys think of the dad? Uh, this I think I would have liked if they put more emphasis on him as the villain rather than um, the handler and Lila 
because I felt like they were supposed to be like the main villains of the series. Um, and he was just like this mysterious um, character that they had to get close to, but they also had to keep an arm's length because they knew what like he was capable of and what he was planning. Um, so I think if they like gave him a little more spotlight, I would have like cared about his character a little more. Most of the season, I didn't have that much of an investment with a lot of the characters. And I think that is something that is different than the first season where like I was learning about all the characters and I was invested in their stories. This season, since they were all spread apart, they were all doing their own things, they were all on their own journeys and they didn't get into, they didn't get to a common goal until like the latter part of the series. I wasn't as invested as I was in season one when it was like a group activity mm. that makes sense if that answered your question <laughs> about yeah. that i i kind of agree with you i would have liked it more if they had focused almost like made it more not yeah more villainous i think there's a certain point they were trying to give him like empathy or explanation to why he is the way he is um and i think had they just made him a little more villainous or a little more showing his showing his reasons or like his origin. I understand they're probably gonna do the origin story of season three or however. Look, there's Shelba. <laughs> but she just wanted to say hello. Um, I think had they given a little more of the menacing side and tried to make him less empathetic in a way because they all went to their father even though they're grown people who dislike their father, they still ran towards him. And it's like, well, no, you should remind them why he is actually the bad guy in their life story. I think, though, it's, it was, to be fair, I'm coming at it from a person who has comic knowledge of who this person is. Um, but I think the reason why they focus more on his... Um, you know, understanding who he is and why he is the way he is is because he's not, I, I look at him as not a villain as much as a, a, just a person who is difficult. Like he is like, cause uh, as Pogo said in the first season, like he loves all his children, but in a way that isn't traditional. Like he's not going to hug you. He's not going to tell you good job. That's just not who he is. But at the same time, seeing like, you know, when five came to him as an old man, he had like, he respected him. He's like, no, you're actually like the coolest of my kids. I'll, get, I'll help you out. I'll give you some information or whatever. Um, favoritism. In season, well, well, not just not five, but also season in season one when Vanya, like, even though he treats Vanya terribly, once like when he sees Vanya play the, uh, uh, the violin and she's just like, can I play the violin? He's like, sure. He takes it and plays it like he smiles when he's hearing her practice her violin. So it's like, he, I think he's just a person who is so hard edged on the outside. It is hard for him to show emotion and stuff like that from an outside perspective. And I know people like that, where it's like, you don't get anything from them uh, that feels, seems like warmth or care. That doesn't mean they don't. It just means that they're just not the person who's about giving that to you. Um, an outward position and that just comes from trauma from probably their childhood or things that happened to them that made them not be good at expressing themselves in a way that is healthy and instead they do it negatively 
because that's all they know. So I think that's where they're trying to go with his character. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll have to see in season three. But I just, from experience of knowing people that are like that, where it's like, they love you, but they just don't know how to say I love you. And so they'd rather just like, be like cold to you. Um, well, so like in, but in the spirit of trying that's to make you the best you you can be as the way they see it, I can see that. I can see where. But I still feel like that's just trying to create empathy for him. And I just don't have it. I'm like, you're kind of a jerk. And I, I think they're just trying to justify his actions. And it's like, no, you could have been better. Plus, I think it's, it's, it's the end for me. It's like, you could have been better. You had multiple chances and multiple times as you saw these children's powers grow. And he could have. He could have just done better with it. Not necessarily. I'm not saying like give him hugs and kisses. I love you, but just in the way he handled like Fanya's powers and handling like all their powers and just the lies and the manipulations he did. I think they gave him too much sympathy for that, and they really need to hold him more accountable for it because it did affect Vanya. Well, they took away Vanya's storyline for that, but it did affect Vanya so much that she just became a shell of a person in the season, in the first season. And I think he needs to be held more accountable to that. That's all. All right. Now, speaking of season three, at the end of this season, we see that the gang has successfully traveled back to 2019. They get back to their home. They see everything looks normal until they see a picture of Ben on the wall. They see Reginald Hargreaves and he tells them that they've created the Sparrow Academy. Well, he we just says, this isn't your home. This is the Sparrow Academy now. Right. We see these shadowed figures and then one of the shadowed figures comes to light and it's Ben. So obviously this means in season three, we're going to have a new crop of characters who are the Sparrow Academy and it's going to be this sort of dueling who's going to rise up to power. What are your guys' predictions or thoughts on the ending slash predictions for season three? I thought it was very dramatic when they revealed Ben. You're right, the shadowy (laughs) figure coming out of the darkness. Um, I like that Ben's alive again. Uh, I think now that Reginald's alive again, they do got to hold him more accountable and like try to figure out why he tried to commit suicide or why he created the illusion of it in the first season too. Um, When it comes to the Sparrow Academy, the Umbrella Academy was called the Umbrella Academy because Reginald had bought um, a company that was like uh, called Umbrella. So why was this one called Sparrow? I think it has to do with Harlan, by the way, but I'll, I'll let you finish, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I just want, I want to make sure that they address that to why is it now the name has changed and when it changed. And also when they say it's not your home anymore, is it due to the fact that like none of them live there and they all have their own separate lives? Or is it that now they have to interact with their other timelines counterparts? Because when it was seen with five, he was just ripped from the timeline and tossed into the future and he came back. He was ripped from that chunk of time. However, they were thrown back and they created their own separate timeline. So technically they have their own timeline that they belong to. Now they're in the new one. Is it means that they're gonna to have to challenge themselves basically? I'm wondering. I'm, yeah. 
That's what I was thinking. I'm wondering, is it going to be themselves, like these characters, in an alternate, you know, universe or whatever? Or possibly could it be some of the other kids? That's true. And also the relationship Ben and Klaus had, is that still going to be the same? Because Ben was with Klaus through a lot. Like he was, he was there when he was mourning uh, David, the guy he lost in the Vietnam War. Ben has been there through the cult and everything. And now this Ben hasn't been, he's been alive the entire time. Does that mean the relationship Ben and Klaus had is no longer in existence? I think it's no longer in existence because didn't Ben say like, who the hell are these people or something like that at the mm-hmm. end? Did he? So he did. Yeah, that was his last line. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. So that means that whole relationship is out the window. And I would love to see how that affects Klaus because even though he doesn't want to admit it, the only reason Klaus has never been alone, even through all the drinking and the drugs, he could never get rid of Ben. He now has lost Ben and Ben was with like, whether he wanted to admit it or not, I saw him as a support system for Klaus, and now he's just lost it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, you were asking about the name of the Sparrow Academy. I think it has to do with Harlan, because that little um, bird thing he likes to hold or whatever is a sparrow. And we end off, uh, then they leave the 1960s with Harlan having powers. So I wonder if that power that Vanya had, where she could spread powers around, if they're going to play with that, and he spread powers to other kids has led to the Asparrow Academy. Um, how, um, the other, my other prediction is that they're going to go with the comics, because in the comics, the Sparrow Academy is just other kids that are born on the same day. They mm-hmm. just made their own extra team um, called the Sparrow Academy, and they have different powers and stuff. And they, um, granted, they're only in the, like, the last little bit of the last book, so we don't know all the details about the Sparrow Academy. That's why I say like the next book is going to be all about them uh, from Broadway. But for now, all we know is that they exist in the same timeline and they're just like another group of kids. Um, I don't know if that's what we're going to do in the show. Maybe in the show it is like like Jonathan was saying, where it's just a, a new universe like ver- or another dimension or something like that version of the same characters. But now they're younger in 2019 instead of back in like what, 1980 mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, nonetheless, uh, I think that'll be a big, uh, thing that will come into play. I think we'll learn more about Reginald Hargreaves. Um, I wonder if they'll call him by his name, by his super name. Cause everybody has like code names. His code name's the monocle. I wonder if they're going to call him that. Um, probably not. <laughs> um, well, it's because his monocle, that's why like in the first, ep- in the, in season one, um, and they're like, oh, did you find dad's monocle? I was like, oh, snap, are they going to make, because there's a big thing about the monocle, too, in the comics. I just um, think of Mr. Peanut when I hear monocle, so. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's, like, I think they're going to focus on the dad a lot more, where you're going to find out more about him and where he comes from and why he even like, made the uh, Sparrow Academy or the Umbrella Academy. Um, and I also think, We'll see Lila again, even though I don't necessarily want to. <laughs> I think that character is going to show back up again. Yeah. Um, just, let her have her moments. Yeah, they very much left yeah. it open because she just like disappears. disappears into the portal. I yeah. think they may or may not, depending on how people are reacting to Lila. That's why sure. they left it open. But nobody seems to have that positive. 
I don't want to say positive. It's not positive or negative. Nobody really cares about that character. Yeah, it's like they have to give. Yeah, and either they have to give her a redesign, which they possibly could, because shows like to do that. They like to bring back these old characters and be like, "Oh, look how new and shiny and badass they are," or something, and bring back a new Lila and show it as a different design, or just like do what they did in Stranger Things, where they're like, "We're gonna ignore it," and technically she didn't exist. Mm-hmm. In a technicality way, she didn't exist, did she? So um, I just hope they give. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say she was a she was a great actress. Like she, her performance was great, but yeah, I didn't care that much about character. I don't think she got the char- the character wasn't well written out. She's a good actress, mm-hmm. I will say yeah. that. But yeah, the character wasn't the best, and the, or needed really in the storyline. Yeah, I just think, uh, I just, for me, my only hopes is that, the char- like, some of the characters that got shafted, like, I hope Diego grows still more um, in the next season, because I feel like I like the trajectory his character's going. Oh, of, not, not being this uh, hero anymore and being this guy who's, uh, <laughs> um, not being this hero and he's growing. Wait, what? I'm laughing because of the, uh, like, your Alexa or whatever turning. <laughs> this is scary to us. Um, I didn't know if you guys heard that. <laughs> I heard it, yeah. Yeah, we heard it. I saw you jump, really. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I want to see that. I want to see Vanya. Bit, like, okay, I want to see them reset Va- Vanya again. They did that now with season two. So let Vanya just be Vanya from this point on and just do her own thing. And then everybody else was fine. So I hope to see more better from them. Yeah. I, I hope that they go with the... Um, with the like, these are new characters. Like, these are other people who were born on this same day. Because one, um, it'd be interesting to see like who they cast and um, what their different superpowers are, and um, just like an it'd be an easy way to introduce new characters. Because you know, shows love to introduce new characters after new after every season. So it'd be a new way, an organic way, to introduce a new set of. Yeah, a new set of characters. A big thing for another big thing for me is I really hope they can show the progression of their power because it was seen with Klaus in the first season that he can allow Ben to possess him and then be able to use his ability. And like Vanya's power can go from tiny to apparently giving her abilities to somebody else to like a massive nuclear explosion. None of them show any other growth in their power. OO5 does with time travel and even expresses in the first season, like, hey, I'm ready to take my powers to the next level. And so it shows that there is a possibility for growth, there is a possibility for their powers to develop into something new or um, grow into like, like a tree, like there's branches of their powers. I think it would be nice to see that with like Diego, I think if they gave his powers a little more leeway, like maybe instead of this trajectory, it can show into like telekinesis or, or something else, something to make it show like he is growing as an individual, as they grow as individuals or powers grow, but it shows that we're like none of that and Klaus got like that one moment back in it's one. Interesting they've nerfed some of their powers because Klaus can technically fly. Like in the comics, Klaus's, uh, Klaus's powers is that, yeah, he can speak to the dead, but he also can be able to like fly, but as long as he doesn't have shoes on. And so in the comics, he never wears shoes so he can fly, but he levitates all the time. In fact, he barely is ever on the ground. 
And uh, when they have that scene when Klaus is being lifted up in the sky, I thought I was like, oh, they finally gave him his other power. And then it's like, no, it's just Ben holding him up and stuff. Well, that would have been like, a nice oh, way to see it. Like, <laughs> the, it, it hasn't been seen that the, the spirits that follow him can float. So that was kind of a neat thing to show that, like, yes, he can physically grab him and he can move upward. And he can almost, maybe like a manipulation of the spirits, like he can force them to make him fly. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I walked around barefoot a lot. Now I'm missing a bone in my foot. <laughs> I'd say always wear shoes now. Also, another reason why I hope they cast new people is because I don't trust Luther with having to, you know, say more words with an American <laughs> accent. So I will say I knew Luther wasn't uh, an American actor or uh, that because I actually watched him in Merlin mm. back in the earlier, earlier 2010s. Um, that show was great. I love that. He was a knight in that one. And compared to, and, and just like in this show, compared to like the knights, he's a big dude. He was like a tree. And he's still like a tree. <laughs> yeah, in fact, they said that apparently he, when uh, and he got the role, they didn't require him to get fit. Uh, for the suit, he decided to anyway. He's like, no, 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 I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, like, well, I think he assumed that he wasn't gonna do prosthetics for the gorilla body, or not that many. And so he's like, yeah, I'll just get big. I'll get as big as, as I need to to play the character. And then they're like, yeah, but we have this gorilla suit. So you yeah, really no, have to get like that size, but I, we're glad you did. I mean, it, it won't feel as heavy. <laughs> yeah, like Merlin was like 10 years ago or something. And that dude was, huge compared to all the other characters so when i saw him at this i'm like dude how did you get bigger i'm like you can't be real but then, yeah i had learned that he had worked out more and i was like holy hell is that healthy which i mean he was big in game of thrones too when he was uh in that show from hopper was not in game of thrones mm -hmm. he played Why? he played what did, i forget he, it was a small role he didn't play anybody major uh he played uh remember the, the son and um father who burned who Daenerys burned for being like uh part of Jamie Lannister's army when she was taking uh invading Westeros and I, I forget Dicon his name Charlie yeah Dicon Dicon or, or Dickon oh yeah no, Dickon. oh he was what? Oh, he was Dickon yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was the joke of the of the show too. <laughs> I don't remember that. I honest to God don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the Tarleys. It looks like he replaced another actor who played the character in a, the previous season. Oh, I think he crazy. did. I think right. he did. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, so I, that's Umbrella I, Academy. Yeah. That is, that is our assessment of Umbrella Academy. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. See well, for Real quick, yeah. Do you do you guys recommend it? Do you guys, uh, based off of you know, after everything you said, do you recommend it? Someone watch a season two, or do they wait, or maybe wait? Or I mean, we're think? in quarantine. I yeah, watched a couple do? episodes of Supermarket Sweep. So at this point, if you have, <laughs> oh my god, I love that show. <laughs> I don't even lie. I died to. I wanted to be so badly on that show when I was younger. I used to remember planning out points and. <laughs> Stuff like that. I um, never, I, I never watched it as a kid, but I, I remember like <laughs> hearing about it. I never watched it. I, yeah. I, honestly, I recommend Supermarket Sweep more than this 
because I get so much more excited with the supermarket sweep and when they find that pricing and they got to run it back up to the cash register before they run back. And like, I totally recommend that. <laughs> Umbrella Academy. But I think Umbrella Academy is good. Um, I just think, again, it's like predictable. Like you can kind of tell where they're going with these storylines. And I think they could have had more character development with certain characters than they did. Other than like, Allison, I think her character was done extremely well, the way she was mute to the Civil Rights Act and everything. I think she kept putting too much focus on her husband. That was a little annoying because uh, no offense, at a time like that, you really shouldn't be getting married. Like, you're back in the 60s. Your brother has screwed up a timeline again. Well, as far as she knows, she doesn't even know if she's going to be able to get back. Like for all she knows, this well, is yeah, it. Like I, I'm not just thing. gonna be unhappy while I'm here. Like if I got, I'm, like I might as well move on. Right. Like so she needs. Right. To, <laughs> so she needs to. So instead of just figuring stuff out, she decides to just settle in the 60s. What is there to figure out? She's not gonna time travel. She can't do that. And she doesn't she's know where five is. Technically, five doesn't even ride. Well, no, she is a black woman in the 60s. She was mute at the time. Right, and then she's limited in that aspect. She can't even go everywhere because some places don't even accept her (laughs) to even come in the building, let alone like just be around. But you know, and then five doesn't show up till 1963. So that means, and she showed up 1961. So she would just be searching for. Two years for someone. I just, to I just think the marriage thing was an unnecessary plot, and she seems to be wanting to get married all the time because she got married in the first. She was married first time around. She's the only character that seems to want to be getting married. Well, because you know, do over. You know, messed it up the first time. Hey, listen, go go after it a second time. You know what I mean? We learned from the before. Oh yeah, because. Look, I but she didn't rumor anybody I, this second time around. She was like, "I'm not going to use my powers this time. I'm just going to let it flow." I come from a family who <laughs> often do multiple marriages, and let me tell you something. Usually, if the first one's not working out, the second one's not going to work out. Nor so it's going good. Ray's a good guy. He's a good man. Oh, he believes in justice. Fist in the air. Black anyway, Panther. Anyway, he's a good man, own. but the, her issues are stemming from her. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> your own, I'm not saying about Ray. Jerome, would you recommend season two of Umbrella Academy? I would say if a person like, if you like Umbrella Academy season one, you're going to like season two. If anything, it's even better because uh, season one, we didn't see as many, as much of the characters like singular stories, um, as much as it was just like mostly like the Vanya show. And then the other characters are kind of doing a lot of their own thing. Now, this time around, everybody has a subplot um, outside of just Vanya. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, just, but you still get some of the fun moments. Klaus is still hilarious and has great, uh, great stuff with him. Five is still five. Um, I would say a lot of the jokes land a lot better this time around, even though some of the villains aren't as uh, important, especially the Swedes, who are completely forgettable characters, in my opinion. Um, but uh, overall, though, you know, I think it's, a, a, it's an all right season. Um, and, if you're, you know, and if you're a fan of superhero shows right now or whatever uh this is a good one to just watch and, and especially during this time in quarantine what else are you watching so sure. watch watch the umbrella academy and then you know it's come september watch the boy season two mm-hmm. 
With that being, oh, Alex, were you gonna say? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, with that being, we'll do a review on The Boys season two as well. Um, so look out for that. With that being said, uh, where can we find all you lovely humans at? Alex. Uh, most likely just Instagram at living my KS life. I still plan to change that day, but have no success <laughs> in figuring out. What about you, Jerome? Uh, uh, you can catch me on Instagram at not Jerome Rett. I'm always up there uh, not posting anything. <laughs> but I'm thinking of changing that. I'm going to get my social media game up. You know, I'm going I'm to get it right. Self-promotion. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, you can always catch me there at not Jerome Rett. And then I'm also going to plug my YouTube channel that I uh, have stuff on but have never told anybody about. But Mr. G Rome TV, you can find me up there too. Uh, really, it's all gaming content, me playing video games. So if you want to see me play some video games, and uh and stuff like that come check that out no stuff so, so yeah. nice all the games. it's not safe for kids i will say that now language is being thrown so if you're a child watching this podcast just so you know it ain't for you i think so they got if you're you. gonna watch it don't tell your parents that's all it, i'm gonna say <laughs> that sounds way worse than i think you uh intended <laughs> I'm just saying. It didn't land. Language-wise. Language-wise. No, no, no. Listen, I mean, to be fair, Last of Us 2 did have a sex scene in it. So there's a little bit of nudity here and there. So All right. Jonathan, where can we find you? All of my content is suitable for all ages. You can find me at Jonathan Keys. Um, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, and yeah, that's our review of The Umbrella Academy season two. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Yeah. Bye. -bye.